Welcome to The Readerly Report, a podcast of Readerly Magazine. Your hosts are Gail Weisswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, so welcome to another edition of The Readerly Report. We're going to be taking a look at some new releases that are coming out in May, a few that we have left over from April, and just talk about what we're excited about because May basically kicks off the summer reading season. Yes, summer reading. Maybe that's a Memorial Day thing, like the unofficial start of summer is when you start seeing the summer reading list. Right. So what do you usually think about the what do you usually think about the books that come out in the summer reading season? Why don't we talk about that a little bit? Um, do you have any expectations of them? Are there any particular authors that you look out for in this season? Usually I know Ellen Hildebrand has a book that's Oh, yeah, it's always with some gauzy <laughs> cover with a beach and like a, a, a pail and a bucket and a flip-flop or something. Um, no, I mean... I, you know, I think that's an interesting question. It'd be nice to, it'd be fun to actually get someone from publishing on here to talk about this. Like, does the type of subject matter a book is about, if it's not, you know, like an obvious like Christmas book or something, does that affect when it's released? So, you know, do they, do they say, oh, this is a meaty family drama. This is going to be a fall book or this is a light romance type thing. This is going to be a summer book. I just would be so curious to know if they peg their calendar to the types of books that they're promoting. Well, one of the books that you have on your list, is it J. Courtney Sullivan? Is that her yeah. name? Yep. Okay, so her books, I would think, I mean, Maine was kind of meaty, right? She did Maine. Yes. Am I thinking about the right person? Yep. So... It's interesting because, you know, it's not like I would call her books necessarily light and fluffy. They deal with family themes, but don't they tend to come out in the summer? Uh, I've never noticed. That's a great question. It's her other book that I read, The Engagements. I feel like that was a summer book. That may be. That's interesting. So she's like a, a summer author. Her book, so I'll, I'll talk about that briefly because that's on my list of uh, books I'm looking forward to in May. This is coming out in the beginning of May, so like May May 9th. So the engagements came out May 20th of 2014, so that was another May release for her. Right. And then I have a feeling, I feel like Maine came out in the summer too. That's so interesting. So you've uncovered a little pattern here. Topical style, let's see, June 2011. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And you know what? It's like that takes place in like a summer house, so that kind of makes sense. Right. You know, I think she has beach locations, whether yeah. even though there's meaty things going on that usually happen in a beach house. And of course, Ellen Hildebrand is all about Nantucket. Right. So, well, this book is not really pegged to a season or a location. It's about two sisters who come to uh, America from Ireland in the 40s. And What's it's the about name again? Their it's called Saints for All Occasions. Okay. And they end up in Boston. And, I mean, I, J. Courtney Sullivan is a big New England person. I've heard her speak before, and she is clearly that's her, you know, her, her happy place, New England, and whether we're talking about the city or talking about the shore. Um, so this is about these two sisters who one of them gets pregnant and then how they deal with that and the repercussions in their lives to follow. So... 
I love her writing. I liked the other books I read by her. So I was, you know, would basically pick this up without even reading what it was about. I'm not sure that the plot of this one, you know, was like screaming to me, but because it's written by J. Courtley Sullivan, I'll definitely read it. So that is my first, I'm looking forward to early summer reads, um, Saints for All Occasions by J. Courtney Sullivan. Okay, so one of the books that I have coming up is Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. And of course, this is her follow-up to Girl on the Train. Oh, see, like I could see that being a big summer read because it's like a blockbuster. It's like a summer movie, but it's written in a book. Right. Now, but I, I wonder because I don't remember, I feel like... Girl on the Train, I feel like that came out in the fall, and I wonder if they've now moved her. Well, if you also, if you think about it, isn't Girl on a, on a Train, doesn't it take place in the fall? It's sort of this, this chilly... Yeah, it does take place in the fall. It takes place in London, or, yeah, I mean, it involves a woman who's commuting into London. Yeah. Even, in, even though inexplicably for the movie, they changed it to New York, which I just did not think worked as well. Oh, we could have an entire podcast of what was wrong with that movie. But yeah, so now I'm super curious, and I'm just looking up to see when it came out in in January. Oh, did it really? Okay, so it's like sort of... Yeah, January of 2015. Cold, yeah. So what's the... I have not really looked into this book at all. What is this book about? It's about a single mother who ends up, well... I don't know how much of her life they'll be showing. She ends up dead in the bottom of the river. Her teenage daughter goes to live with her mother's sister. And the mom's sister had run away from home. So she's basically come back to take care of her sister's daughter. And there's these mysteries connected to other women who, or other people who have ended up in the bottom of this river. So I think it's going to be doing some flashbacks and kind of, getting to the bottom of of what went on so she's come back with another another exciting mystery that seems like it's you know centered on women is this going to be like popcorn (laughs) i don't know did you like girl on the train i mean girl on the train is uh, yeah i mean i liked it i read it i was was popcorn exhilarated by it but it's it's popcorn it's the same thing i always talk about it's that psychological thriller thing where at the end i'm kind of like oh that was the end? Right. That wasn't... I, yeah. I mean, I read it. I, You know, people are like, oh, Girl on the Train, best book ever. I definitely didn't feel that way about it. But it was fine. Did you like Gone Girl a little bit better than Girl on the Train? I did like Gone Girl a little better. I think it was smarter and, and more... Uh, had more twists to it. Uh, I liked the psychological exploration of the marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the characters... The characters in Girl on the Train were all pretty lame, whereas I feel like with Gone Girl, at least they were kind of interesting. Right. But yeah, so I'm looking... So will you read this one? I'm going to read this one. I mean, I feel feel like we would be remiss not to report back on it, and we can't talk about the hot May books coming out without mentioning this, because it's a big deal. I think that's absolutely right. We would be irresponsible as fiction podcasts. We have to let you know it's coming. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. But I'm looking forward to to reading it. Hopefully I'll get my hands on a copy. Is is that her? Are those her first two books? Girl on the Train, yes. Girl on the Train was her first book. And, uh, and this is her second. 
exciting for her. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what a... I wonder what kind... Do you know anything about what kind of an advance she got for the second one? I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure she was able to write her ticket. Yeah, I would think so. Well, I'm sure she got a nice sum for the movie rights. Yeah, I'm sure those have have probably already been sold. I bet if you Google around, you will see who, who knows Reese Witherspoon might have them. She buys everything now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So my second book that I'm excited to read actually, and it's called startup by Dory Schaffrier. Schaffrier. I don't know how to pronounce that. S H A F R I R. Um, and this book I feel like I have to read because I work at a startup. It's sort of I mean, we're a little bit past the startup stage, but we've definitely lived through the startup stage and I've worked at other startups and I feel like it's a world I'm very comfortable with and familiar with. And this one just sounds funny. I mean, I think it's one of those kind of send ups of startup world from the people who cover them to the people who start them to the people who fund them and then the people who do social media for them. <laughs> So um, I'm just excited to read this. I think it'll be entertaining and very familiar to me. So, um, Do you know what market they're taking on? What do you mean by that? Um, like the startup is... Oh, what is the startup? Right. Yeah, it's an app. Let's see. Um, there's a guy who had an app, a mindfulness app called Takeoff, and he's now launching a new and improved version that promises to bring investors running and may turn his brainchild into a $1 billion business. I mean, it's already funny, the idea of a mindfulness app. I mean, it just kind of cracks me up that, like, in order to be mindful, you need, like, your phone. Right. I mean, the whole point of mindfulness is to put the phone right. away. But, like, now we have an app. Like, even that in and of itself, I think, is funny. Um, and I guess there are a few perspectives. There's a journalist at a tech blog, and there's... Uh, somebody who is, um, I guess there's like a possible scandal because the uh, founder of this hugely successful app sends a text message that is inappropriate and it was it goes astray. It, should, it was intended to reach like a young woman working at the office and it gets found out. So there's like scandal involved. And the whole thing takes place in Manhattan, so I think that's kind of fun to get away from Silicon Valley. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited about this. I, I feel like it's going to be a fun read. Sounds like it. There's so many. There's so many startup books coming out. Uh, last year it was a window opens, which you really liked. I did like that book. I did and like it that was book. Like it a was book culture sort of startup. Yes, a woman who had been writing for a magazine, and then she goes to work for this right this book culture startup that was you know about bringing books to people, and uh, I, I thought that was a good book. Although the tech angle on it wasn't um, didn't dominate that book. That was really about her midlife sort of sandwich generation issues, as opposed to you know the the, the startup played a nice backdrop provided a nice backdrop because it sort of highlighted how her sort of generation gap with these young people. Um, but yeah, and there are a lot of them out there. There's, it's funny. My daughter just started reading the circle, which is a book I started a long time ago and put down and never picked back up again. But now it's getting a lot of attention because the movie version is coming out. And of course it's not a startup, but it's sort of about this tech world. There's a lot of angles you can take on it. it you know, tech world can be menacing. It can be funny. It can be alienating. It can be inspiring, you know, a lot of different, 
ways to look at it. So this one looks like it's most, this seems to me like it's going to be more satire than anything else. Right. Speaking of startups, I mentioned your company to someone. I was out and he was looking at this building and he's like, oh, I wonder. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) I was like, I have this great way (laughs) that you can, (laughs) that you can get the scoop. Great. Well, I'll put in a little plug for HomeSnap. That's the company I work for, which is a real estate tech platform where you can look up homes by taking photos of them. So I encourage everybody to download it. I know. It's so fun. He's just like, what? So you just take a, I'm just like, yeah, you just take a picture and it gives you the scoop. (laughs) That's awesome. That's actually our tagline. Snap any photo to get the scoop. Oh, wow. Yeah. I miss my calling. (laughs) Exactly. Your book number two. My book number two is this book called The Leavers. How do you spell leavers? L-E-A-V-E-R-S. Okay. What's it about? It's not The Leftovers. It's reminding me of The Leftovers. This is kind of interesting, and and I've always find that it it happens in publishing where you get – it just seems like there's never – you bring – have a topic of a book, and it just comes out, and that's it. There's usually – several of them that are similar that come out around the same time. So this book is called The Leavers and it's by Lisa Ko. And it's about, it's about an undocumented, she's an undocumented Chinese immigrant and she works at a nail salon. And one day she goes to work and she never comes back. So um, she has a young child named Deming and he you know, once she disappears, he doesn't have anyone. So eventually he's adopted by two college professors who move him away from where he's been living with his mom in the Bronx to a small uptown, you know, a small, a small city uptown and they rename him. And it's all about how he deals with the disappearance of his mother and assimilating into this new culture and just, you know, the effects that it has on him and, and how he makes a new family with this, with this, uh, with this couple. Now that you mentioned this book, I feel like I read a review of it somewhere or a blurb. Maybe it was an indie, indie next list or something, but that sounds mm-hmm. familiar. And I mentioned that because, uh, 3D Omega has a new book coming out. I believe it's coming out in June and I've read that one and it's called, I want to say it's called The Good Son. Um, But this is about an African-American boy who is adopted by... uh, He's a lawyer at the time, and I believe he becomes a judge. And it's just kind of all about the circumstances. I think he's supposed to... He starts out staying with them temporarily, but they want to adopt him. So it's how he adjusts to living with that family and also the dis well, his mother doesn't disappear. They know where she is. What happens is she leaves him in a locked into an apartment while she goes and she's taking drugs and she is imprisoned for that. So it's all about his adjustment to living with his new family and coming to terms with what happened to his mother. So I feel like a lot of similar, I mean, similar themes popped up. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I think of 3D Amargar as writing um, more Indian. I, I when I didn't I read one by her that was set in India, or am I wrong? Yeah. Yes. Um, actually, so the book is called Everybody's Son, 
Well, what's interesting about her is that she started branching out into writing about other cultures besides Indian culture. Hmm. Interesting. I think her last book, the book before this, was something multicultural as well. Okay, so my third book is Anita Shreve, who I find somewhat irresistible. Um, inconsistent, but irresistible. She's just, she's just so readable. I mean, none of her books are like Pulitzer Prize winners, but they're just good stories and easy to read. So she has a new one out called The Stars Are Fire, and it is about a fire in Maine in 1947. This fire like breaks out along the Maine coast, and a lot of homes are destroyed, and I guess her husband had left to go fight this fire, volunteer for the fire, and then it's unclear whether he has survived it or not. And it's kind of about her life before and after this fire and how in some ways she felt liberated after it happened because she could kind of have new freedom that she couldn't have enjoyed with her husband. And then I guess there's a big twist. So I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for Anita Shreve. I've probably read like, this will be like number seven of Anita Shreve's books okay, over the so many what years. Is your favorite Anita Shreve? Oh boy. That's a tough question. Um, I mean, I feel like, did she write the pact or no? I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking of Jodi Picoult. Oh my God, please don't confuse them. <laughs> I've never read a Jodi Pico, and that's I feel me like being they both snobby. write issue books, though. Or... Yeah, but they're not as. I, feel, I mean, I've never read Jodi Pico, so I really can't judge her. Because Anita Shreve wrote Testimony. She did write Testimony. Um, but I feel like she's not. Um, she's not as. Um, what's the word I want? Jodi Pico, it's like. She takes a headline and she just basically writes a story that's like ripped right from that headline. It feels very opportunistic. Says Anita Gail, Shreve, who's never read a Jody Peacock. So, yes, well, for I'm, the record, you know, I'm a total book snob. <laughs> I admit that. Um, hers are more. I mean, some of her subtle. stories. I don't even know if I'd say subtle, but I, there's a lot of like historical fiction in there and things that that I think have come right out of her own head. If you look at the, uh, I read this book called Where or When which came out, I'm going to say it came out in the 90s, like the early 90s. I really liked that book. But then again, I was really young then, and I wonder, like, if I would like it as much now. I don't know. I'm sort of scrolling through all these books that she wrote, and I can't even really remember all of them. The Weight of Water, I know I read that one. I read The Senator's Wife, or The Senator, something about The Senator, The Pilot's Wife. There's one of those, like, you know, The Something Girl, The Something Wife. Um, Eden Clothes. I don't know. I read a lot of these and you enjoyed them. I enjoy them. Like I said, they're not going to win a lot of awards. Okay. So they're your version of summer book. Yes. I think that, I think that's once a year. Say. Yes. I can read. That's just kind of like when my mother went through, she went, she read a bunch of Ellen Hildebrand's and then she was tired of her. And I was just like, well, yeah, but she comes out with one book a year. And you're just supposed to read that one book a year, and then you're kind of primed and ready for it. You can't just read them all at once. Right. I think that's true. I think it's a palate cleanser. How's that? Right. You know what? I don't think she did write that book about the senator. I have to now look up. That's bothering no, me. That, I I think, read... Isn't that was Sue Miller? Not Sue Miller. Yeah, Sue Miller. Thank you. I love Sue okay. Miller. You're right. But see, they're kind of similar. Sue Miller and Anita Shreve. 
Although I like I like Sue Miller a lot too. And it's funny she writes about New England a lot too. These two, these two. You love are very the similar. New England girl, Jay Courtney Sullivan. Yep. Has anyone ever seen Anita Shreve and Sue Miller in the same room? Are they the uh, same person? They could be. <laughs> it's possible. I forget who whose book did I just read? I feel like she writes about New England a lot. Um, Elizabeth Brundage. Oh yeah. I feel like I've read something by her. I'm going to look at my, my index and in my blog and see if I've read something by her before. Um, so, yes, yeah, Somebody Daughter. I did read that. Okay. Did you like that? Do you remember? Um, here's what I wrote. I will say this for the book. I had a hard time putting it down. Despite all of its faults, it was suspenseful. Okay. <laughs> here's a whole once paragraph I, called, I here's why just... I didn't like the book. So apparently I had some issues with it. Right. Okay. Um, what did you just read by her? This book was interesting because it was really good until the end. And it's not like the end was bad or unexpected. I read All Things Cease to Appear. Oh. Which is basically the story of, um, it's the story of a marriage. It starts out, it begins very inauspiciously with the murder of a, a young wife. And her husband and her child go running to the neighbor's house and... Basically, it's about the investigation of the case, but it goes back into just their marriage and then moving to a small town and the basis of the relationship before they got married and how it informed a bunch of things as it's exploring who might have killed this woman. And the town has some ideas, you know, everyone has some ideas about what might have happened and what their marriage was like, but you don't find out until the end of course, as it all comes together. And I really enjoyed the, it was really, I mean, I think that you would enjoy it for the fact that it was an exploration of a marriage Mm -hmm. and it was really meaty in that respect. I think just some things happen at the end that they were plausible, but they were sort of like implausibly plausible. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that could have happened. I think it's a stretch to say it did. So it was just kind of like one of those. And it it went into a very interesting direction. Um, But three quarters of it was just really solid. Here's what I wrote about somebody else's daughter in 2011 when I read it. It said, it's one of the more implausible, cliched, and unconvincing (laughs) books I've read in a while. (laughs) Right. So you might yeah. be hitting upon that. Maybe that's, you know, an element of her writing. It's just like, okay, so I can't outright say that this is, you know, it. it's not totally crazy. Like it could happen, but the likelihood of it is just not very large. <laughs> right. Right. And something uh, about that changes the texture of a story that is always hard to say if you liked it or not. Yes, Definitely. It's like it was really good until it got sort of crazy. (laughs) My next book or my last book coming up is Since We Fell. It's the new Dennis Lehane. Okay. I've actually read this one, so I'll be excited for other people to read it. I really like Dennis Lehane. Like I get sucked into his world. And this this is kind of an interesting book. He writes about a journalist who has a mental breakdown on air and she basically becomes a shut-in. And then she meets this guy and is just 
very quickly relies on this relationship and gets involved in uh, a very Dennis Lehane-like world. So if you think of Mystic River or something, you'll have some idea of what she gets involved with. I don't know if that's too spoilery, though. I think uh, I think you left some some vagueness there. And I and there are definitely there were su- some surprises for me. This was really big on building this character, and yeah, some things happened that were surprising that I feel like the basis was there, but I just was not expecting it, and it went in a totally different direction. So if you like Dennis Lehane, he's very much a writer who's always exploring what's going on in people's heads, you know, the breakdowns and 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 what's caused those breakdowns and how they're fragile. I think it's appeared in all of his work that I've read, like you know, Mystic River, um, Shutter Island. So if you like that kind of thing, then it's definitely it's definitely here. This was another one too, though. I think that everything always comes down to the ending. Unfortunately, with books, I feel like it's hard. The ending does so much to rework the way you feel about the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. So I think everything is just so personal to people. With once you have the whole picture, how are you going to process it? Hmm, that's an interesting question. How much does a book, a book's ending, impact how you feel about the book? And probably a lot. I mean, it's the last thing you. It's the last thing you remember. It's the final, it's the wrap up. It's sets the tone for, you know, the whole book. Well, in a way it almost like goes back and rewrites it. And it depends on how well they've done it, how much you buy in. Like, do you buy in enough that, that if it's something that really surprised you, I don't think it's satisfying if it comes out of left field. I think you want to be able to say, now that I think about that, if I was looking for that or if I was thinking about it in that way, I can see. Mm-hmm. Can't be totally crazy because then it's like you're rewriting your book. Right. It's hard. A lot of people don't like ambiguous endings and you definitely don't like surprise endings, which was my, um, I had a bone to pick with Lionel Shriver. Oh, Big Brother. I know you're yes. going to say. Yes. yes. I think that's fair. Big bone. I mean, because... It's hard. It's hard to do that. It's much easier. I think people are much more forgiving of endings that kind of fall apart in movies because, you know, you've spent an hour and a half, two hours. Yep. Yeah, it's an investment, right? Eight hours of my time. And then if you want to, you know, pull some crazy ending, it's just like. If you read it my length, that's like 12 hours. (laughs) (laughs) My pace. (laughs) All right. Well, I. If you can believe this, I've actually read two books that we talked about on this podcast. Okay. In the last so, month, which is update shocking. Update us. I'm like picked, my reading has picked back up again. I'm trying to get back on track and I just had a vacation, so I got to read some books. Um, okay. So I read The Arrangement, which you and I talked about. Okay. Which you were going to lend to your mother. Did you? Yeah. So, so that? that she could comic proof it. Or... Right. Um, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm a big, big Sarah Dunn fan, and I had okay. forgotten. I'd forgotten one of her books. I knew I had read one, but I had actually read her second one too. So this is her third, and so I you've read all her books. I've read all her books. I have read all of them, and um, that's a good. So, that's a good podcast. Yeah, Bo- yeah. Authors that we've read all of their books. All of their books. I think that's all of her books. I'll have to double check, but I think it is all of her books. And, um, yeah, I would love to do that podcast. That sounds awesome. Um, 
And uh, yeah, as we talked about this. This is the one about open marriage. This couple decides to try an open marriage for six months. And it's funny and it's witty, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's light. I mean, it's not like a... So it's the humor. See, this is how I love humor. I love it to be woven into the fabric of the story. Yes, I think that's right. The humor comes with the wryness of her observations and the oh, I gentle love the gentle lampooning of the characters. It's not like there's not a lot of like, you know, physical yeah, it's not it's it's very thoughtful and uh the depiction of kind of this couple's marriage that has been just worn down by taking care of an autistic child in the mm. suburbs. Um is just, I thought it was really well done, and I just think she's hilarious, and I will probably read anything she writes. So um, I liked it. I, I recommend it. And then another book we talked about maybe two episodes ago was All Grown Up by Jamie Attenberg, uh, Jamie Attenberg which I've read one by Jamie Attenberg before, I think. I've read um, The Middle Steens. The Middle Steens. And I know I have another, I've got one, I'm actually looking at it, St. Maisie's here, I haven't read it. Um, this one was just okay for me. The premise of this one is it's a woman who's like, you know, in her early 40s and she's single and it's like, she wants to be single, she doesn't want to get married and have kids, but she's lamenting constantly the fact that she's single and she's actually just like extremely self-absorbed and narcissistic. And, um, I, I wish I could say that there was like something really redeeming about it. Like it was super funny or poignant and then it just was sort of, I, I didn't find a whole lot redeeming. I mean, I, I don't care if a character is unredeeming. That doesn't have to, you know, all, don't characters don't have to all be good, but I'd like her to at least have been in more interesting. I don't know. She tells it like she, each chapter is like a different period of her life and so they, the chapters overlap because they jump around in time so one will be like 2013 and one of them is 2002 and she'll refer to things in 2013 that she's she has already talked about in detail in other chapters and that's fine I kind of like that but nah, I just I wasn't blown away by it I'm, so I, why do you think what I mean this book has been getting so much buzz and is so talked about what do you think people are responding to there I don't really know Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's this kind of anti-maternal, anti-marriage thing. But she's not a happy person. It's not like she's like, okay, I reject these traditional notions of what a woman should be at this age, and I live this wonderful life. She's, like, lonely and feels alienated, and her career kind of sucks. And, like, I'm just like, why? What am I supposed to take away from this? I don't know. I didn't love I didn't love the middle steens either, and so I may not re be reading a lot more Jamie Adler. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, I'm trying to think if I've read another one by her. I, I know it. No, just the middle steens. That's it. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to review that one this week um, and get caught up. But anyway, I just was so excited that I actually read two books that we had talked about because I'd been such a reading slump in the first quarter of the year. So I'm trying to, you know, claw my way back up. Okay. So anything else? I think that about wraps it up. All right. 
Well, we will be back in a few weeks with another topical podcast. Maybe we'll do our books we've read all of the uh, authors we've read all the books from. I think so. I mean, I think I'm super curious about how many authors that would be. Does it have to be every single one or can we can we do like 75% or more? Yeah, we can. Okay, if you've read 3 out of 4, we'll give okay. you that. Okay. The majority. Okay, and majority. I think there's I like probably that. Very few authors that I've done that. Tana French comes to mind. I've read all hers. I've got so. Jennifer Haig there, except for, of course, I still haven't gotten through <laughs> eating like my albatross. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, maybe that's her first misstep. I mean, that's another thing that I would love to discuss because I feel like a lot of times I'll hear someone will just rave and rave about an author. And then I'll finally read one of their latest books and I'll really like it. And then they all will think that that's like the author's worst book. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, then, uh, and I think that was, that was what I did with Anita Shreve. I read, I feel like it was testimony that I read and I really enjoyed it. And people were just like, oh, she's going down. Was that, um, was that like a professor student? Yeah, Sex I think thing. so. Something happened in a co- in was it high school? Some kind of scandal. I think so. It might have been a rape. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think it's something. a rape. That's what it is. It's a rape. That's exactly it. Um. So I yeah I guess well you know I catch them on their way down. <laughs> I think I did the same with Ian McEwen. I read Sweet Tooth and I really liked it, and people were just like. Uh. Oh, I love Ian McEwen. <laughs> did you read? Good. Did you read Nutshell? No, that, was that one does not appeal to me. Did you read it? That was that was weird. Yeah, well, an infant, an infant, a super like super smart, sardonic, analytical infant who breaks the is it the third wall, second wall? Anyway, he breaks the wall to talk to his audience. Um, while he's trying to prevent his father's murder. Yeah, it's. I have to say it sounded weird. Yeah. And it sounded too, like, literary intellectual for me, so I like my books like Atonement, kind of more story-driven. Right. Uh, All right. So. All right. Well, happy, uh, happy May and happy reading, and we'll catch you in a couple weeks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.